This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. The Sports Yak Podcast is powered by Notre Dame Athletics. Experience the excitement of cheering the Fighting Irish onward to victory. Tickets for Notre Dame Athletic events are available at und.com slash buy tickets. Also by Pyramid Equipment. Be prepared this winter season by checking the condition of your snow removal equipment. Pyramid Equipment is a locally owned business in Rolling Prairie, Indiana that sells, services, and installs residential and commercial grade snow plows, parts, and salt spreaders. Pyramid Equipment is your trusted dealer of Meyer and Snow Dog products. Old man winners ready. Are you? Service discount for military, fire, and police available. Call 800-833-2591 or find them on the web at PyramidEquipmentInc.com. Four, three, two, one. Cue music. It's football time. Fall. Broken bones. Cheerleaders. Hot dogs. Mascots. I miss my mommy. Are you ready for football? It's time to tailgate. Mascots are stupid. Time to break some bones. Touchdown. Corey Mann. Or is he a man? Maybe he's just a boy crying to his mother. Chuck Freebie. Is it really free? He gets a paycheck. Sports Yak with Corey Mann and somebody named Fremont or Freebie. Download wherever you download podcasts. That's kind of stupid. Where else would you go? And away we go. Friday, episode 144, Chuck Freebie. That's the Ben Roethlisberger episode. I'm familiar with his work. The Pittsburgh quarterback, graduate of Miami of Ohio, has had a distinguished career in the NFL with two Super Bowl titles, Super Bowl 40 and 43, I want to say. And uh, still still kicking, although not so much this year. He's injured and out for the season. Uh, will not have to have the Tommy John surgery, but he is 144-70-1 in his NFL career. Also a believer, and when he got married, he brought in singer-songwriter Brandon Heath to perform at his wedding. 
big fan of Brandon's work. You know, give me your eyes. You know that song. Yeah. Yeah. Back, I think, man, that was, that might have been five years ago. Oh, it's more, I think he got married in, I want to say 2011 or 2012. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Seven, seven years seven ago, years. seven or eight years yeah. ago. Yeah. Uh, a couple of right off the top questions. I'd love to just hear your thoughts on, and then we'll kind of dive into what we have. Later in the program, National Anthem singer Jim Cornelison. He's been hired by the Blackhawks for a good amount of time, but you've mm-hmm. seen him on other sporting events. Uh, one of my personal favorite National Anthem performers. We'll talk to him about singing and opera and a, a couple of big rings on his finger. Yes, sizable. <laughs> you notice it when he points to the flag. We were talking off podcast about online courses the other day. Right. And there was a tweet about... Oh, I can't remember now. Pete Sampson mm-hmm. had retweeted something, and you and I got into the conversation of that's what separates other schools from Notre Dame, possibly. is it's one of the things. One yeah. of the things. And uh, talk a little bit about that, of, of that separation. Well, the fact of the matter is more and more schools, uh, Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, if you are a student athlete, uh, you don't have to really go to class you can take almost all of your courses online which of course brings up a number of questions as to how it's verified that you are actually the one doing the work that's not the case at the university of Notre Dame, where you may question the value of some of the classes that are offered uh but you still have to show up still have to be there in person and uh Granted, it there's ways around everything, and, and <laughs> Notre Dame has been caught trying to cut some corners on some ways around everything with the uh, little scandal that they had a couple of years ago with a, a student trainer uh, doing coursework for a couple of the athletes. Uh, but I still say uh, Notre Dame is playing on a different playing field academically than many of the teams competing for the national championship. There's a tweet that came out. Uh, I got a kick out of this. What coach would it be weird to see with another team? And your wife chimed in on my tweet. Yes. Pete Carroll in a Notre Dame hoodie. Right. And I pushed back the Harbaugh brothers in matching Notre Dame hoodies. I also said Holtz in a USC uh, sweater. You were you were big on you were all big on hoodies that day. Well, it's 2019. Yeah, I understand. Off the top of your head, what would be weird to you if you saw, you'd like, wow, that's that's something. Well, you have to think of somebody who is really directly associated with one school. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to be honest, there aren't that many anymore. Right. You know, most of these coaches are pretty itinerant. They move around uh, pretty much. Kirk Ferentz has been at Iowa for 21 years now. Uh, to see him on any sideline other than the Iowa sideline would be a little mind-shaking. Pat Fitzgerald's been at Northwestern for a long time. So uh, to see him and say, an Illinois uh, coaching garb would be a little bit different. But there aren't, there really aren't too many because they move around. I mean, Saban's been at three or four different schools. Mm-hmm. Urban's been at three or four different schools. Brian Kelly, Central Michigan, Cincinnati, Notre Dame, working his way up the ladder. That, that's the nature of the business. 
just for giggles, pick a legendary coach with a legendary school and put him in a different hoodie. Well, John McKay at USC, put him in a UCLA hoodie. I can. Uh, <laughs> Diane Freebie has just wrecked the car right now as I say that, if she's listening to this while driving. <laughs> Bear Bryant? Uh, Bear Bryant actually coached a couple of different places. Oh, okay. Uh, but Bear Bryant at Auburn, we, you know, take take Coach X and put him at arch rival. Okay. Take legendary coach and put him at arch rival. How about Bobby Bowden? Yeah, so Bobby Bowden, put him at um, Florida. Florida. Or put him at, you know, Miami. Wouldn't, can't picture. Yeah. Ditka in any other sweater. Ditka in a Green Bay sweater would just, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For, for a Halloween. Right. Ouch. Yeah, that just would not compute. Ouch. Uh, Marty Brenneman. Marty Brenneman is an absolute legend. 46 years as the voice of the Cincinnati Reds. Now, you know who he took over from as the voice of the Reds? Give it to me. Al Michaels. Oh, wow. Al Michaels was the voice of the Reds and decided he wanted to go live in San Francisco, so he became the voice of the Giants. And so Marty Brenneman takes over in 1974. The Reds opened the 1974 season at home, as they always did back then, against the Atlanta Braves. And a guy named Hank Aaron was sitting on 713 home runs and hit his 714th on opening day off Jack Billingham. And so Mart, that's Marty's first game in the majors that he calls. Mm. He goes on his first couple of years, he's got the big red machine teams. They win the series in 75. They sweep the Yankees in 76 to win the series. And uh, Marty was telling this story the other day about how by Som, who was the longtime Phillies broadcaster, along with Harry Callis and Whitey Ashburn. By Som comes up to him in 77 and says, young man, do you know how lucky you are? And Marty was still young and, and fairly flippant. And he goes, oh, I think I have a good idea. He goes, I don't think you do. He goes, I've been doing this for 30 years. He goes, and I've never got to call one World Series game. And he goes, in your first three years, you've gotten to call not only games, but championships for your team. And Marty said he didn't really appreciate it until the Reds went into a drought and then won it again in 1990. And he says that's probably the title that means the most to him mm -hmm. because it had been so long. The thing I always liked about Marty Brenneman was, uh, first of all, he had a great, clear voice, very easy to listen Secondly, Marty was not afraid to tell you when the Reds were performing badly. Even up unto the <laughs> last inning that he did yesterday and the postgame show <laughs> on his farewell, he starts it off by saying, while the Reds close a disappointing season at home, <laughs> and I, there's no other way to refer to it, it's a disappointment. <laughs> so uh i i loved salty marty because uh, he was just caustic and and the other thing is if if he said something about you let let's say you're a player he's showing up in the clubhouse the next day 
and he's right there. And if you want to talk to him about it, he'll talk to you. Oh, okay. Not hiding up in a booth somewhere. No, 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 no. So, uh, absolute legend, Marty Brenneman, ending his 46-year run as Voice of the Reds yesterday. IU football this weekend on Pulse FM. You can listen to it on 103.1 at uh, 3.30 kickoff. Happy belated birthday to Don Fisher, a new segment I like to call Talk Like Don Fisher for a few seconds. <laughs> this is Don Fisher, the voice of the Big Red. A reminder, we've got Indiana University football on 103.1 FM against the Spartans of Michigan State. You've been listening to Talk Like Don Fisher. That was fun. That was good. Uh, so, yeah, we split the frequencies tomorrow. For yes. those of you who are uh, fans of our radio station, Pulse FM, we split the frequencies tomorrow at 3.30. If you want IU football, 103.1 FM. If you want Purdue football against Minnesota, it's 92.1-96.9. One more uh see what you comment on, because I, I don't know the full story, but I saw a tweet um, Georgia Tech basketball? Georgia Tech basketball, yeah, received a postseason probation um, from the NCAA and uh, four years, I believe, of scholarship reduction for violations in the program. I don't think they're violations that have occurred under the current coaching staff. My guess is uh, that they occurred in the Paul Hewitt years, it is possible Josh Pastors is not exactly known as uh, a straight shooter, and uh, it's possible that he's involved in this as well. So postseason, when they make it, they don't get to play it? No, and they they don't make it because they don't get to play it. Okay. It's not like somebody says, oh, we selected you, but no, sorry. Okay. This is Don Fisher, voice of Indiana football. Catch every Hoosier football game on 103.1. Pulse FM. Now back to Sports Jack. Uh, anything out of the ordinary to be watching for tomorrow as Notre Dame takes on Virginia? Well, first of all, uh, Virginia's not a bad ball club. Now, we don't know how good they are. Their Division One wins have come against Pitt and Florida State. Uh, they've also beaten a couple of teams like Morgan State and Old Dominion. So... When you look at the Virginia numbers, realize that they're somewhat inflated by playing two Division One AA schools. They do have a very good and mobile quarterback by the name of Bryce Perkins, uh, and he is a problem. And Notre Dame coach Brian Kelly said last night that they'll consider any time that Perkins scrambles and gets three yards or less, they'll consider that in their minds as a sack. That's how dangerous he is with his legs. Um, that said, defensively, Virginia has some very good talent. Uh, they have a linebacker by the name of Charles Snowden, who, by the way, was the recruiting host for Adams quarterback Ira Armstead when he made his visit. Hmm. And Snowden is coming off a week in which he performed so well he was named the National Defensive Player of the Week. Cornerback by the name of Bryce Hall, who many consider All-American level. And they rotate a lot of people on their defensive line. They they have been tough to move the ball against this year. So I would look for this to be, I'm not going to say a low-scoring game, but I think it, if Notre Dame gets to 31-35, they win the football game uh, pretty handily. I think Notre Dame's defense has been really good, uh, much better than we expected. We knew the back end was going to be good. We knew the defensive ends were going to be good. We were worried about the middle 
had reason to be worried about the middle, still have reason to be worried about the middle. Uh, but if they can keep Virginia from running the ball, particularly Perkins, I look for the Irish to win this one somewhere between 10 and 14 points. If you think that uh, just the radio and the TV game of the week and the Sportsiac podcast is all Chuck does, you're highly mistaken. There's also a, a wonderful show called Countdown to Kickoff, 2.30 tomorrow on NBC? Yes, 2.30 on WNDU locally. Pull back the curtain uh, a little bit on the show, what you've been working on? Well, I've got a feature on Cole Komet, who tied a Notre Dame tight end record last week against Georgia with nine catches. Uh, the last guy to haul in that many in a game is a guy by the name of Ken McAfee back in 1977 who played with Joe Montana and the like. Uh, so I've got a feature on Komet. We also have a feature on the running game woes. We're, we're taking a look at how much is Notre Dame in the playoff hunt even after the loss to Georgia. And I would make the argument that they're in it. They have to obviously win out to be in that hunt, and they have to have some help along the way. Uh, the other thing that they need is they – actually, Notre Dame fans should now become Michigan and USC fans. And that might be anathema to what you're used to hearing from Notre Dame people. But they really need to be Michigan and USC fans because if Michigan and USC don't have good records, the wins over those teams, if the Irish get them, aren't going to mean that much. I see. And when you say help, we're talking about other teams losing, yeah. the shifting of the, the top yeah, 25. You don't, con- the- you don't control your own destiny anymore. Okay. If you were undefeated, you pretty much control your destiny there. We've told you about the IU and Purdue games that will be broadcast tomorrow. A uh, quick glimpse at the games themselves. Well, Indiana's got to figure out its quarterback situation, whether they're going to go with Michael Penix or Peyton Ramsey. They go into Spartan Stadium, a team that is known for its defense. Mark D'Antonio's team always plays well at home. That's a big challenge for Indiana. If Tom Allen is really going to get this team over the top and over the hump, this is the kind of game they have to win. It doesn't help when you've lost your best defensive player, Coy Cronk, to an injury for the season. So the Hoosiers kind of have to rally themselves a little bit and go on the road, a tough assignment in the Big Ten. Purdue assumes that it's going to have its quarterback, Elijah Sindelar, back for this game. He had gone through the concussion protocol after the loss to TCU a couple weeks ago. That will be a big difference maker for the Boilermakers. They take on P.J. Fleck and Minnesota down in Rossade Stadium. Playing at home, I would like the Boilermakers in that one. Hey, Purdue fans, it's football time. Rote, rote, rote for Purdue. Purdue, do, do. A Purdue, do, Purdue, bo, do. This is Tim Newton, voice of Purdue football. Catch every Boilermaker game on Pulse FM. Now back to Sports Yak. I wouldn't bring up anything about the NFL, but I saw this score, and I'm happy because Green Bay lost. <laughs> well, well, I'm going to be honest. And and they had it first and goal at the two and couldn't punch it in for the tying score. So they lose to the Eagles 34-27. That means as we speak right now on this Friday, the Detroit Lions are in first place in the National Football League's NFC North. And if that doesn't raise your eyebrows, here's another one for you. Big game on the weekend at Soldier Field in Chicago. Minnesota taking on the Bears, two longtime NFC North rivals. I wonder what our good friend, the booth announcer, Jim Shorts, has to say about this one. I'm Jimmy Shorts, and welcome to Week 
before Chicago beat Washington Monday night. But now Chicago will host Minnesota Sunday at Soldier Field. My big question is, which team has a better defense? I'll make this bet. Chicago's defense will cause more turnovers. But this battle might be lost on the kicking game. Chicago's kicker, Pinto, Pino, whatever his name is, he hurt himself in a weight room before Monday night's game. And you can tell how hurt he was when he's trying to make a field goal. If he were a horse, they'd have shot him. So Chicago's newest football hero might be a zero come Sunday. Here's my bet. Take Minnesota and the points Sunday. I'm, I'm glad to see him be an objective journalist. Yeah, <laughs> objective. You know how he feels about you and I. Why should he feel it, well, different that, about the that's Bears? That's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, With no regard for human life whatsoever. Let's talk about tonight. Local high school football. Bring your ponchos, kiddies. Oh, it's going to be wet out. There's no question about that. We just hope the thunder and lightning will stay away until these games are decided. But we take a look at the game that we have on Friday night on TV 46 and on Facebook Live. Number one, New Prairie goes in and takes on the John Adams Eagles. New Prairie 5-0 and on the year. John Adams 0-5. But it's a battle of quarterbacks. Chase Ketterer from New Prairie. He's being looked at as a possible walk-on at the University of Notre Dame against Ira Armstead, who's already committed to play at the University of Virginia. One's primarily a runner with an option team. Adams is primarily a throwing team with Armstead. So interesting contrast in styles at TCU School Field. You got to talk to both coaches. Yeah, they kind of break down the game for us tonight. So I think the big thing for us is going to be on defense, finishing the play. So wrap up, take people to the ground, balls in the air, go get it. Um, offensively, we just got to execute. Can't have the drops. We've had a lot of drops this year uh, that could have made some big plays for us. And right now, we just have to catch everything. Uh, I know sometimes it's hard to do that, but you got to do whatever you, you can to help the team get this victory. Uh, they're very good at it, and their quarterback and their coaching staff knows a very good way to call the plays and, and work through the process of, of nickel and diamond. You know, gosh, there you go, home run. And if you don't sit still and make sure you're watching for everything, you know, it's just like I look like a pitcher. I don't know much about baseball, but if you throw that one across the plate, he's going to put it all the way out of the base, and we got to make sure we prevent that and try to keep them inside. So will Ira be on the sidelines this weekend? Yes, he will. In fact, he's going to be a guest on Countdown to kick off as well this week. Mishawaka is at Elkhart Central. Knox and LaVille. Northwood at North Ridge. Well, Knox and LaVille is a big game because those are two ranked teams. LaVille is ranked number 8 in 2A. Knox is ranked number 10 in 3A. Knox is undefeated. Both of these teams can put points on the scoreboard. Uh, LaVille averaging 40 points a game. Knox around 35. So that should be a fun game down in Lakeville. Northwood and Northridge. Northridge has not lost to Northwood at home in the regular season since 2011. Both these teams, 3-2, and two, both of them very physical, love to run the football. Elkhart Central and Mishawaka, you've got an undefeated Elkhart Central team that has posted back-to-back shutouts with its defense, taking on a Mishawaka team that came within a point of knocking off the number one team in the state last week with New Prairie. The Blazers have not beaten Mishawaka since 2004. Let's head north to Mosquito, Michigan. Well, up north, the the games we focused on in our 46 preview, which you can watch online, 
Kisopolis, they're a top 10 team in class seven or in division seven. Uh, they will be making the trip over to Decatur to take on Joe Grow and the Raiders, who are two and two, coming off back to back shutouts themselves. Kisopolis has not given up a point this year. Dewajak at home against Plainwell. Plainwell's got a really nice running back that Dewajak will have to look out for. I like the Chieftains at home. St. Joe has Calloy, Norix, uh, Lakeshore is at home this weekend. So, but all these games up in Michigan starting 5 or 5.30, I shouldn't say all, but the majority are starting 5 or 5.30 because of this equine encephalitis scare. Do I dare bring up the Chicago Cubs? Well, you can, but there's not much to talk about. I mean, they've lost nine in a row. They're out of contention. They're done for the year. They go in limping into St. Louis for a three-game series this weekend. Joe Madden says he's going to rest his starters. He knows Milwaukee is going to complain about it, but he doesn't care. And Milwaukee finds itself a game behind St. Louis as the weekend begins for the National League Central Division title. And the Cubs, for the first time in four years, are playing meaningless games in September. How about not another mention of the Cubs until, like, some decent-sized news? That's fine by me. You all right with that? I mean, I think Monday we'll just mention what the final record is. How about that? Uh, before we jump into this interview with Jim Cornelison, happy anniversary 50 years to Abbey Road by the Beatles. Yeah. That's a good one. Defining album for them? Well, I mean, they had so many good ones. Where do you rank Abbey Road with the White Album? Great. Oh, good question. I like it because it is them. It's not a cover album of who they were influenced by, which you could say are the first three or four or five records. You know, the first three or four or five records, you're listening to Little Richard, Elvis Presley, Mm -hmm. Jerry Lee Lewis, and then they turn a corner and start becoming who they become. This one's got them all over it. And there's a, a a remaster release with some demo stuff on it that came out today. Kind of fun to listen to. Yeah? Like working projects. Oh, okay. Pull on a so guitar. you hear them kind of working their way through these songs. Yeah, because you've, you've heard these songs for 50 years, but then you hear it in that context, and you're kind of like, oh, wow. And you hear John go, I don't know if that worked or not. Let's, let's try this or let's yeah. try that. It's kind of interesting. You a Zach Brown band fan? A little bit. I'm familiar with Chicken Fried. I mean, that's probably the number one song I know from them. This is how awesome this guy is. He puts out a Zach Brown band record last Friday, new album. He put out a solo record today. Wow. Kind of like stuff that didn't make their kind of brand of music. Yeah. It's a pop record. Now, let me ask you this. If you're a member of the Zach Brown band and Zach Brown all of a sudden churns out something solo, mm-hmm. how do you feel about that? I'm sure there were meetings. I would hope. I'm, I'm sure I'm sure they've talked about it in great detail. Do you question your leader? Do you follow his lead? You know, it's one of those things. But it's not, it's not Zach Brown band music. Right. It is a different... But that's the thing. Is he opening the door for him to just... Well, this is the second elsewhere. time he's done it. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, he's done it before. Okay, that's that's different. Then. But I I would highly uh, encourage you to listen to the new album, The Owl. Give a hoot. Wow. Let's see here. Um, what else did I want to talk to you about? Oh, Joker controversy. A lot of stink about this new Joker movie coming out next week. Here's my diatribe. I want you to go on Netflix, and I want you to go to the genre of horror movies. 
and spend 30 minutes going through all of the titles there. The thousands upon thousands of movies that have had gun violence and horror violence in them. We've been here before. We've done this before. Yeah. This movie's not doing anything new. This is uh, this is Casino. This is Goodfellas. This is the Godfather movies. This is everything we've ever heard before. And just because there are these threats that something could happen at a movie theater because things have happened at movie theaters before. Yes. Doesn't necessarily mean you should or shouldn't go see it. Things have happened at movie theaters when they've been nice movies. Right. It's, you know, it's, I think you actually brought something up uh, that made me think for a little bit. It could be the movie company kicking the hornet's nest to add a little fuel to the fire. Oh, absolutely. You know, putting out some press releases or whatever, because ticket sales are, you know, whatever. But I've read great things. I'm a nerd. I'm going to see it Thursday night. Sad to say, but these things, when you see something or hear something in the media... You better understand the agenda of the people that are reporting it or behind the scenes. Good good tip there. You know, I think you just need to do that. I've said for a long time that if you can, you should avail yourself to watching a newscast on someplace that is conservative and someplace that is liberal because if you look kind of between the two, that's probably where the truth is. And <laughs> and the same is true with what you're reading. And and sometimes it even trickles down to sports. I think sports tends to have more objective journalism, but it doesn't mean the rah-rahs still aren't there. Mm-hmm. And so you, you have to look at things. I'll give you a perfect example of that. La- last weekend, Notre Dame players drop on like maybe four plays apart during the game against Georgia. And Gary Danielson, who works for CBS, which has the SEC contract, basically says Notre Dame is flopping on the field to stop the clock. And, boy, the folks in the SEC pick up on this. They they do little parodies. They do all kinds of things, the faking Irish, the whole bit. If you go back and you watch, Jeremiah Wusu-Koromoa, one of the players who dropped, two plays earlier, had made a tackle. He's a little woozy getting up. He gets up. He's trying to get the attention of somebody on the sideline. I need to come out. I need to come out. Alohi Gilman sees this and pulls him down from behind. Says, get down, because that's what they're taught That's to protocol. Do. That's the protocol. So... If you're a Notre Dame fan, you say, no, our guys aren't, you know, you're looking at it from that perspective. If you're a Georgia fan, you're like, hey, we're running this up-tempo offense, and all of a sudden they're getting injuries, you know, something's up. I can see where both sides would have the reasons they have to have their perspective. The truth tends to be somewhere in the middle, usually. There are two sides to every story. Thank you. We'll be back. Performing the national anthem is Jim Cornelison. Oh, say can you see 
privilege and a pleasure to have Jim Cornelison on the phone with us. Jim, good morning. Hey, good morning. How you doing, Corey? I'm great. Thank you for uh, answering the phone first and foremost. And where, where are we speaking to you at? Are you in Chicago? I am, yeah. I live uh, right across from Montrose Harbor in a high rise and uh, just finished up my coffee and my breakfast. So I feel awake and ready to face the day. I was watching the Bears and the Packers. I am a Bears fan. You knocked the ball out of the park once again with the national anthem for uh, the kickoff to the NFL, and I said to my partner Chuck, I would love to talk to that guy, and he said, well, go get him. <laughs> and thank you, social well, hey, thank media. You. So, Yeah, thank you. That was such a exciting thing to be part of, and it was just I, I just felt really honored, touched to be, uh, to be included in that, that historic uh, game. Jim, take me back to the, the beginning. Where are you actually from? I grew up in Washington State, but uh, went out to graduate school at Indiana University in 1988. W- was married 20 years to a woman from Indianapolis, and we ended up moving to Chicago in uh, 95. I was invited by the Lyric Opera of Chicago to participate in their apprentice program. And uh, that was actually the time when I first did a few anthems for the Blackhawks. It was like 1996. There was four or five guys singing it then. They weren't on TV. The team wasn't as successful. So, you know, I might do five or six, seven a year. But uh, that's when I actually started uh, doing a few, a few anthems for the Hawks. I can't say anybody identified me from it, but, um, but it was really neat to go there with my son and enjoy a professional hockey game. It was 0809 when they asked, they asked me to do all of them, and that was after Bill Wirtz passed and Rocky took over, brought in John McDonough. And then uh, everybody kind of knows the history from there. I mean, Western Conference Finals, 09, Stanley Cup, 10, 13, 15. I mean, it's been... It's been a heck of a ride and a, just a, a, a great platform and, and an honor to be part of, uh, of all of the Blackhawk things, the Chicago sports community, Chicago in general. It's, no city could ever do for me what Chicago's done, and it's been, uh, it's been just a privilege all the way around. When you come to Chicago and you do the five or six times with the Blackhawks, did you try out for that, or did someone call you and go, hey, Jim, you might want to go try this? So I was part of the uh, what's now called the Ryan Opter Center at the Lyric 
which is their apprentice program. And there was a guy who was doing some anthems for the Blackhawks who was in the forest that I'd gone to graduate school with. And he said, hey, you know, the Hawks are looking for one more guy. Why don't you come down, sing for him, and, uh, you know, if, if this is something you would like to do. So I went down and I sang in the empty United Center, which was kind of fun. It's like singing in a huge, resonating, echoing shower, you know. Uh, felt like King Kong rolling around in there. And, uh, and they said, yeah, we'd love to have you. So uh, I think I did five or six that first year in 06. We actually went to the playoffs that uh, made it to the first round of the playoffs in, in uh, 1996. Excuse me. Yeah, it was just a really cool thing to be part of. But it wasn't until, you know, 08, 09 when it went on TV and the team really started to become uh, successful again that, that the place just got, you know, packed all the time, night after night after night. And yeah, that makes a difference. It makes a difference for everybody such an exciting atmosphere had you sung the national anthem at another sporting event prior to uh, united center uh yes um but i don't think as a soloist i think i had done it as a part of like a male quartet like for a mariners game sonics game stuff like that when i was back uh in in school but I had not done it just uh as a soloist so then they uh, they ask you you're the guy every game we want you to come out and knock this out of the park is that like your your job? Is that your day job, or were you yeah, doing other so things? I'll, I'll do. People ask that all the time, so I might do. You know, we have forty uh, one, two, something like that, home games plus training day and maybe some season ticket holder events and uh, the the Blackhawks convention. So, depending on the run in the playoffs, you know, I might do fifty, sixty events a year for the Blackhawks, and then I probably do another oh, I don't know, hundred and twenty, hundred and ten, twenty plus if it's a busy season right if we go uh, deep in the playoffs that creates more demand so i i probably this year do 175 180 counting the blackhawk games events and so that's that you know half of them uh don't pan out the other half you do uh there's a lot of time spent scheduling networking you know taking care of life so i have other projects besides the singing the um singing the anthem at events so i stay pretty busy you have a very specific style, in my opinion. And what I mean yeah. by that is I was coming home from a radio convention. I flew to Midway on a Sunday morning, and I wanted to get in the car before the Bears game started. Bears game started. They played your national anthem on the radio. And not only just the style of the way you sing, but the way the crowd is with you from the go. I've, I've never heard that before, where they are with you cheering every moment. Where did, where did that kick in at? Well, you know, the cheering started before me. In terms of my style, I think that I really came to a realization. You know, the first time I sang for the Hawks, they told me everybody would cheer. And it is a hockey game. It's an exciting, fun atmosphere. And, you know, that first time I went out there, first off, it, it, I had sung with orchestras where you feel the surge of, of emotion and you're surrounded by sound because when you're singing with the orchestra, you're not amplified. So you're... you're surrounded by sound and you're singing with everything you've got when i went out there for the the blackhawk game you know i expected the sound i didn't expect the kind of emotional reaction that i would have to that uh it's just a very visceral reaction when people are cheering uh, kind of in your direction and you're in the middle of it i mean think about the kind of emotional responses we have if uh, if a, a spouse or or a good friend or something are yelling at us right i mean we feel it inside our body we, we respond to the human voice that way and so I was kind of overwhelmed by all that cheering. 
and it kind of like welled up inside me and I kind of almost choked me off and I had to suppress my emotions. But the delivery of the song to make it fit that environment, uh, I realized very quickly, you know, this is head held high. What I do is I think masculine, it's unapologetic, it's straightforward. It's, uh, I actually have a kind of subtext that I, that I run uh, you know, run through when I sing the anthem. I divide it up in three sections. One's kind of introductory. The second one, the rocket's red glare, and you know that's kind of the action and the violence and the and the struggle. And then in the end, uh, the the reward, the peace, the, the the place where we arrive, which is the land of the free and the home of the brave. And the subtext is considerably more complicated than that. But that comes from being on stage my whole life. And when you're when you're doing a show, an opera, a play, a TV show, anything like that, actors always have subtext to what to what's actually coming out of their mouth you know the words are just part of it i think that i do that and most anthem singers or you know they don't uh, especially in in the pop world uh, pop country world where you know if you watch american idol or the voice people say hey just yeah, i'm not really feeling you bro you need to you know i want to feel you more you know you need to feel the song more and it's very general mine is much much more specific and it creates a little bit different delivery and people have responded very strongly to it uh, the platform has of being the blackhawk anthem singers provided tremendous opportunities far far outside of just hockey and far outside of chicago and speaking of which you've I've, if i've uh, done my homework correctly the the indianapolis 500 Obviously, Chicago Bears games at the Soldier Field, where I've heard you. I do believe, if I've checked my memory banks, my wife and I saw you perform at a Notre Dame hockey game. Yeah, Notre Dame hockey games. Of course, I'm going to my fourth year now to do back home again in Indiana at the Indianapolis 500, which, if uh, no one has ever been, is an absolutely amazing event, regardless of whether you're a car racing fan. Over 300,000 people there. There's just nowhere else in the world to get that many people at one, you know, one match one game, one race inside those stands, and it is just a great American tradition and worth, uh, worth going to. So that, that has been very special to be part of. I've been doing uh, NASCAR. Went down and did the St. Petersburg Grand Prix this year in Florida for IndyCar as well. Done Monday Night Football, done the Colbert Report and Harry Connick Jr. and today's show and morning edition on NPR. Uh, I've had coverage in national media, newspapers and magazines all across the country, LA Times, did a talk show in Seattle, did, you know, Wall Street Journal, Washington Post, all just so much coverage. And I think that part of that is the success of the Blackhawks, a big part of it. Uh, part of it is the influence of Chicago as this, you know, central hub of, of business that, uh, that America relates to in a, in a special way. But part of it too is, uh, delivering it in a way that people haven't heard before. A couple more questions for Jim Cornelison, who does the National Anthem. You know him from a lot of the Chicago sports teams, and, and uh, like he said. And now you can add the Sports Yak podcast, Jim, to all those accolades, which I'm very Absolutely. excited to do for you. Is there a story behind, and maybe it's adding to the narrative that you go through your head, is there another story behind the, uh, the arm point, or is that just part uh, of the performance? Right, yeah. No, that came about in... Uh... In 1996, I did uh, uh, the anthem as a duet with a guy who actually got me into doing anthems. His name was David Honoré. And this was in 1996 in the playoffs, and they asked the two of us if we wanted to do the duet. So we did it together. And uh, he said, hey, Jim, there's a couple things I do in the anthem that uh, I'd like to do. 
Uh, one was a uh, Who's Broad Stripes and Braha Height Stars. I used to do that little ornament on the word right. I don't do it anymore. But that was something David wanted to do. And I said, sure. And then, uh, and the other one was this kind of arm gesture towards the flag. It was very understated. It was, if you think, like just bend your arm at the, your left arm at the elbow with your palm up and, and your hand comes no higher than your shoulder, right? You could just kind of, uh, very understated way indicating the flag and so i kept that and then in uh 2009 during the playoffs uh i went back to my seats one day after doing the anthem and there's these uh, three sisters who sit behind me who are hockey fanatics and uh they also have season tickets to the joffrey and season tickets to the opera they're they're an interesting crowd and and i got back to my seat and they're like hey we didn't see the hand gesture what happened and i said well i did it is it possible you guys fell asleep they're 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 older and, and so uh, they're 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 older and, and they used to bust my chops all the time so I bust their chops back right just teasing you know yeah uh, they tease they tease me about having a big head I tease them about not being able to remember something or whatever you know so uh, I said look next time I'll do it a little higher just for you guys uh, but you need to make sure you're paying attention you know so next time I did it this is in the playoffs right so I did it and it was uh it was higher. And I thought I heard just a little bit of a, oh, you know, from the crowd. There was like a small response to it, just, you know, because you're attuned to that stuff. And uh, I went back to the seats, and they say, we still didn't see the uh, hand raise. And I'm like, how in the world could you not have seen it? I did it higher than usual just for you guys. Well, we didn't see it. Fine. I'll do it again, even higher. So this next time I did it even higher, not, not as much as I do now, but considerably higher than I had in the past. And the crowd definitely went, you know, there was this big swell of energy. And I thought, oh, boy, game on, you know. So from there on out, it became a part of the anthem and uh, uh, and very, very direct, very on point. And uh, um, and it's just been a great thing to be part of. I mean, it's fun every single night as I get close to that moment, knowing that the crowd is going to to uh, to swell up and really engage. Uh, and, and you can look around the United Center now, or in the case of the 2015 rally at Soldier Field after we won the Stanley Cup, there's a photo there of uh, you know nearly 70,000 people all doing the hand gesture with me when I sing the anthem. It's really fantastic uh, to think of how that has grown. Jim, it has been a, a, pr- a privilege and a pleasure. Like I told you earlier, huge fan, and uh, I'll have to keep my eyes peeled if you make it to South Bend, Indiana to do a game over here. I'd love to shake your hand someday. Awesome. Well, you know, I'll probably get over there to Notre Dame again. Jim, have a great season coming up. I know the puck hits the ice here pretty soon. And uh, once again, just healthy voice and uh, happy life, okay? Thank you so much, you too. Thanks, Corey. And that's our Friday show for today, kiddos. Thank you for getting us a special guest. Thank you for allowing me the time. Word has it we'll do it again next week. Yes, yes, we will. On Wednesday, we'll have a special guest who has a, a new book on the voices of baseball. Oh, boy. I'll have multiple questions ready. Good. (laughs) Maybe not. Oh, it'll be fun. You can always contact us. Tell us what you like. Tell us what we could delete. Maybe we will. Uh, Sports Yak on Twitter with two Ks. Instagram with two Ks. Email us, thesportsyak at gmail.com. And uh, I'm going to check our email real quick, Chuck Freebie. We are clear. Okay. You can always call us, too, 574-210-7950.
Have a great weekend, my friend. Ooga looga, Heine Manoush. You've been listening to Sports Yak, brought to you by Notre Dame Athletics. Experience the excitement of cheering the Fighting Irish onward to victory. Tickets for Notre Dame Athletic events available at und.com slash buy tickets. And buy Pyramid Equipment. Think Pyramid Equipment for your snowplow needs, sales, services, and installations of residential and commercial grade snow plows, parts, and salt spreaders. Pyramid offers military, police, and firemen's discounts. Find us, PyramidEquipmentInc.com. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.